Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journeys towards our best lives, and how we can go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. Let me know if something like this has happened to you. Everything is going great. You've put together some days, weeks, or even months of sobriety. Things are starting to get a little easier, and you're starting to get confidence that you might just make it this time. Then out of nowhere, something happens that triggers you. Then the nagging thought of a drink kicks in, and before you know it, another relapse. So how do we navigate our sobriety when it often seems like triggers are around every corner? Well, that is what we're going to talk about today. So buckle up. This is going to be a great episode. back. The Sober and Happy newsletter is officially in publication. In the newsletter, I'll talk about things related to recovery along with sharing resources that I find helpful. If you want to get the newsletter, just go to soberandhappy.com newsletter and sign up. I'd love to hear some feedback along with any suggestions on things you would like to see in it. Okay, now back to the episode. Addiction can be a complex and challenging battle, especially early in sobriety. In those early months of my recovery, it seemed like everything triggered me. And on many days, I'd have multiple triggers that would accumulate throughout the day, and I was not sure if I was going to make it through the day without drinking. Days like this were not uncommon when I first got sober. I'd wake up in the morning and feel pretty good. While having my cup of coffee, I'd open Facebook, which could be a trigger minefield. I would find myself commenting on some random post I didn't agree with, and all of a sudden, a morning beer sounded better than my coffee. I would close the app, white-knuckle through that thought, and I'd get dressed for work. On my way to work, someone cuts me off. Another trigger. I get to work, open my email, and see that a project I already spent days on, that something now has changed and I have to do it all over. I'd want to just leave now and go get drunk. I stayed at work instead, and since I was still going to AA at the time, I think if I just make it to a meeting tonight, it'll be good. Then I sit in a chair at the meeting, and as soon as I get a little relief, someone says something that pisses me off, and I think to myself, I can't even go to a meeting without being triggered. The meeting gets over, I start to drive home, and all of a sudden, driving by the liquor store is a lot harder than it was the day before. If that story sounds familiar, well, my friend, you're in the right place. What you're going through is perfectly normal. The good part about that story is no matter what triggered me is that I still did not drink, and it wasn't that I had an extreme level of willpower. I had a few things in place that got me through those tough days. The best part of that story is that through doing what I'm going to talk about in this episode, things trigger me less today. And as time went on, even when something triggers me today, alcohol is the furthest thing on my mind as a way to deal with them. So how did I survive those days early on when everything seemed to make me want to drink? The first thing is that I had a strong connection to my reason for not drinking. When you get to the core of relapse, regardless of the circumstances, people drink when their reasons to drink are stronger than their reasons not to drink. This was not my first attempt at getting sober. In my previous attempts, anything could get me to drink. In retrospect, I believe that is because I didn't have a good enough reason personal enough to me. 
People will tell you that you have to get sober for yourself. I tried that and it didn't work. In my experience, when I was in the depths of my addiction, I hated myself so much that I was never going to be a good enough reason to get sober. So I had to find something strong enough to get me through those tough times. I have a whole episode on this topic, so I won't delve into it any deeper, but check out episode two if you need to get solidified with your why. The next thing I want to touch on regarding triggers is the importance of becoming aware of what your triggers are. You may be thinking right now, but Tim, everything triggers me. That is pretty common, especially early in sobriety. However, to combat triggers, we need to start identifying them as they happen and come up with a game plan to deal with them in a productive way next time they come up. As I found, white knuckling through them is like playing Russian roulette. You might be able to do it most of the time, but you can never predict the one time that white knuckling through it stops working. The most common categories that I found that most triggers fall into are the following. Stress, loneliness, boredom, environment, and cravings. If you want to find the things that trigger you the most, think about the last time you relapsed. It is important not to pick the final event that caused the relapse. We want to get to the root of the problem to stop it before it gets to that point. For example, I'll pick a very common situation. Let's say we got back together romantically with someone that every other time has ended in disaster, which is probably why they're an ex. History repeats itself, and we're sitting at our house dealing with all the emotions that come with a fight or a breakup. They become too overwhelming, and a drink sounds really good. But is the ex really the problem? How did we end up in that situation? For me, it almost always starts with me sitting at home feeling lonely and sending a text. Although a breakup is a huge trigger, in this situation, the trigger that set everything in motion is that feeling of loneliness. So in that situation, now that we have identified the trigger, we can come up with a healthy way of dealing with loneliness. Spoiler alert, it's not texting an ex that you've broke up with a dozen times in the past. I'm not saying you can't be friends with an ex, as I am great friends with some of mine. However, if you're really honest with yourself, you know which ones I'm talking about that you probably shouldn't be texting. So what should we do instead? You could call or visit a friend. I found for me that loneliness kicked in more often on nights that I was usually out drinking, so I started being proactive and finding things to do those nights in advance to combat the loneliness before it even kicked in. Finding things that help combat these triggers is going to be a trial and error process. What works best for me may not be what works best for you, but get suggestions, try them for yourself, and repeat what works. I found the key is to remain flexible and open to trying new things. Don't be scared to try new things because you're worried that they're not going to work. I found that simply trying works wonders. The last and most important thing when it comes to dealing with triggers is acceptance. When I would have a day like I mentioned earlier, I took everything personally. I thought the world was out to get me. I thought I had the worst luck. I thought that nothing ever went right. Every time that things seem to be going good, something always seems to happen that screws it all up. The reality of that thinking is I thought the whole world should cater to whatever mood I happened to be in at any given minute. For example, if I was watching football and a beer commercial came on and it made me think about drinking, I would start thinking that beer commercials should be banned. In fact, society is the problem. Drinking has become too normalized and society should change now that I've gotten sober. Now, do I think that drinking being so normalized in our society is a good thing? 
No. But changing an entire society's outlook on alcohol is one of those things that is completely out of my control. And sitting on my couch being angry about it not only is not going to change anything, but often becomes a bigger trigger than the beer commercial itself. So how do we begin to get acceptance to the things that trigger us? It's like a muscle. The more you work on it, the stronger it gets. There's a saying that I love from Eckhart Tolle who wrote the book, The Power of Now. In that book, he says, See if you could catch yourself complaining, either in speech or thought, about a situation you find yourself in, what other people do or say, your surroundings, your life situation, even the weather. To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. When you speak out, you are in power. So change the situation by taking action or by speaking out if necessary or impossible. Leave the situation or accept it. All else is madness. When I was thinking the whole world was against me, I was in victim mode. I had the choice to either accept the circumstances and rise above them or make myself a victim of those circumstances. So if we go back to the story from the beginning of the episode, none of the people in my bad day that triggered me was out to get me. Not the random post on Facebook, not the driver who cut me off, not the person who made an honest mistake at work, and not the person who said something that annoyed me at the meeting. There were all things that annoyed me, but when I made it personal, I took an annoying situation and only made it worse. In all those situations, if I'm able to accept that fact, it removes much of the power that those situations have over me. This is usually when someone will tell me a story about a situation that truly is personal, where someone is really out to get them. How do we not take those personally? I default back to the quote from Eckhart Tolle, you have three choices. Speaking out or taking action when necessary, leave the situation or accept it. So if I find myself in a situation where someone truly was engaging in behavior that triggers me, that was really targeted at me, the first thing I do is speak out. I learned this is best while not in the middle of the situation, but at a later time when we have both had a chance to calm our emotions. When I talk to them, I will set clear boundaries around what behavior I will and will not accept. Then I ask them to do the same since I may be crossing boundaries that they have but have not yet communicated to me. Oftentimes, I find that our boundaries conflicted or that they choose not to respect my boundaries. When that happens, I'm only left with two options. Leave the situation or accept it. I will tell you, for many years, I simply accepted continuing to be treated poorly by others. I think it was a combination of still not thinking highly of myself along with the fear of losing someone in my life even if they treated me like shit. Today I know how I deserve to be treated and that is a non-negotiable part of my life. This doesn't mean I don't have compassion that people will make mistakes. However, if someone continuously crosses a boundary that I have clearly stated, it shows that they do not respect my boundary, which means ultimately that they do not respect me, and I do not need people like that in my life. Learning how to set, communicate, and maintain my boundaries along with respecting others' boundaries has probably been the biggest growth spurt I have had not only in my recovery but also in my life. If you'd like to know more about my journey of learning how to set and maintain boundaries, check out episode 19 of this podcast. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to leave you with one important message. Recovery is a journey. 
As with any journey, it's going to have twists, turns, and obstacles. It's entirely normal to face triggers and challenges along the way. What matters most is how you respond and continue moving forward. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I hope you're finding value from listening to this podcast. If you are, I'm asking for two huge favors from you this week that will help me. Share this episode with one person, and please subscribe to the podcast, both of which help it grow. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and keep living sober and happy.